This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Open for Business this morning. What are we talking about today? Um, fashion, I guess, in, in some form or another. Uh, in particular, an international brand from Portugal. The Sacor Group, they got their start in the fashion industry under the company Sacor Brothers, which was built on the dream of four brothers who were committed to adding elegance, quality, and style to the fashion world. The Portuguese bespoke tailoring house has since gone on to dress high-profile personalities in fashion, sports, cinema, and television. In fact, the brand is the official fashion partner for the Portuguese national football team. Now, although they have found success with the Sacor Brothers brand, Sacor Group understands that the landscape of fashion has shifted dramatically over the past few years, with consumers seeking more eco-conscious alternatives than ever before. Sacor Blue understands that this growing market is highly attentive to environmental issues, which in turn influences their purchasing decisions and more importantly, the way they relate to a brand. And attuned to their consumers' preferences, Sacor Group has stepped up to tackle this issue and this is proven by the upcoming launch of their flagship Sacor Blue store here in Malaysia. So they pivoted from their luxury style and the launch of Sarkor Blue is inspired by the idea of living a sustainable lifestyle and taking care of the earth. Relaxed styles, environmentally conscious outlook, and it kind of echoes the sentiments of the Gen Z market, which continues to voice out their concerns for the planet. In short, the offerings by Sarkor Blue hope to inspire more mindful choices in everyday life. And to find out more, I'm on the phone with Sarkar Group's Chief Operations Officer. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hi, Richard. My name is uh, Ugu Carriço. Uh, I'm from Portugal as well. Um, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for joining us today, Hugo. Let's talk a little bit then about the conceptualization first of Sarkar Blue. I mean, in, sure. in the run-up there, we talked about, you know, uh, style, uh, relaxed styles and environmentally conscious outlooks uh, echoing the state of the sentiments of, of Gen Z. Tell me a little bit about how it came about. Um, I mean, there, there are two perspectives in terms, uh, as you know, Sacco Brothers is a premium brand with, mm-hmm. uh, with a price point that by itself uh, limits the, the growth of our business in, in some countries. Mm. Um, so if you look into a, a, a business perspective, uh, if we wanted to have some organic growth, uh, we needed to, to to reach to other segments of the market, right. and I think Sakur Blue comes comes also with that with that intention. Mm-hmm. On the other side, like you mentioned, um, the consumer has been changing. Um, what they 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 are looking for some brands uh, like a purpose, uh, like values uh, as system, sustainability. Mm. Um, is something that uh, we are trying as a group to 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 achieve, but with the creation of Sakur Blue, uh, I think we did it from from the start, and that's that's an important an important factor. Mm. Can can we rewind a little bit and, and talk about the 
the evolution of the Sarko Group and, and how they, they really began their journey into the fashion industry. I think that would be an interesting point. Okay. Um, I, I think it's been a fantastic journey for the four brothers who, who founded the label in, uh, in 89 in Lisbon. Um, and, and it all started in a, in a, in a small street shop. Um, as you know, in Europe, uh, we tend to, to, especially in Portugal, to leave um, the city. So having shops in the streets is something that is, is very common. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a street shop, a small shop uh, uh, with with product uh, with, with a quality that that uh, that uh, most of you should should be aware from Sakur Brothers, but mainly through the service that they they were giving to the customers. Yeah. Um, in the late nineties, uh, we were invited to go to, to one of the, the the first shopping malls in in Portugal, uh, and 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 fr- I think. From then on, uh, the, the 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 success of the brand uh, and the expansion of the business uh, started. Um, bear in mind that now we have a business model of uh, of of being in shopping malls uh, only, mm-hmm. um, and I think that this has allowed us to 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 be here in Malaysia. Um, and to be one of the very few Portuguese fashion labels with uh, with such an international presence as mm-hmm. we, as we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned Malaysia there, of course. Uh, of course, you are here now. How do you plan to continue connecting with the Malaysia market? Uh, I think we are in different markets: uh, Europe, uh, Middle East, uh, and Southeast Asia, being the three main markets. Yeah, um, but I think. I've been in Malaysia for six years, mm-hmm. and the brand has been in Malaysia for uh, ten years now. Uh, and I think Malaysia has a beautiful story with uh, with Saku Brothers and, and the Saku Group. Um, we now have eighteen stores in Malaysia. Um, we have an ambitious plan of expansion that will more than double our operation in Malaysia in the next two years. And I think this shows uh, how confident we are with the market, how willing the founders are to invest in Malaysia, um, not only to expand our range in, in the market, but to contribute more to the country with the creation of new jobs, education, uh, training of our employees, mm-hmm. international career opportunities. Um, so I think the engagement with the country and with the market is is total at, mm. uh, at the moment. Mm. Um, Bear in mind that we as a company have a global strategy, but we, we tend to, to, to act locally. Right. Um, and if you, if you look at our range of products, uh, you will find that, uh, for instance, we have created a, an Asian fit specifically for, for Southeast Asia. We have some capsule collections uh, developed internationally, mainly to, to, to Malaysia, uh, we have been supporting for many years now the cultural scene in uh, in Malaysia. We have some CSR programs being developed. So uh-huh. uh, I think we we truly believe in in giving back, and I think this relationship with Malaysia is a is a very good example of of what we can achieve. So you you're here to stay, and you're here to expand as well. We are here to stay, and we are here to expand. We have already uh, an expansion plan. Uh, in three years, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think everyone will will hear much more from us uh, in the next couple of months. Okay. So before we take a, a short break, because we are coming to the end of, of part one, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the conceptualization of, of Sarkor mm-hmm. Blue. Um, and when you guys were, were sat around discussing the idea for this uh, and the direction for this, can you give us a little bit of an insight into what that conversation was like? Um, no, I can. I, I told you already, Richard, that there are two perspectives, the, the business perspective in terms of growth, mm-hmm. uh, and this was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the, the creation or development of this new concept for, for the group. Um, I think this got stronger uh, in the beginning of the pandemic years in, in 2020 uh, because we saw an increase of people worldwide uh, working from home. Yeah. Um, we saw many people uh, started moving back to the countryside because they can now work from, from anywhere. Mm. Um, people started embracing a new uh, or a different uh, lifestyle, uh, a more relaxed lifestyle uh, that was also being reflected in their wardrobe choices. Yeah. Uh, I think throughout the world, people's personal budget for, for, for dressing uh, has decreased. Uh, they were becoming more price sensitive as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the, the, of course, the new generations that are passionate about sustainability and brand purpose. Mm. Um, so, if you gather all these factors, uh, I think we came out with the, with the brands that has in its genesis uh, sustainability um, that was built on this lifestyle inspired by the countryside. Of, in Portugal, mm-hmm. um, of course, with the DNA of Saku Brothers, and, mm. and by this, uh, I'm, I'm specific, specifically referring to to the quality uh, of our of our products and the design. Mm. Um, but we were able to bring to the market, uh, I think, something that was missing, which is. Uh, a price point that uh, that uh, that is affordable for the majority of the of the consumers, uh, keeping the the quality uh, and the design that they need to 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 their day to day life. I would say. Okay, let's take a short break here, then Hugo, folks. I'm I'm on the phone with Sarkor Group's Chief Operations Officer here in Southeast Asia. It is Hugo. We'll be back in just a few moments. There's a couple of points I'd like to pick up on. And when we come back, you're tuned in to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. Burning for more. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm on the phone with Sarko Group's Chief Operations Officer. It is Hugo. Welcome back to the show, Hugo. Thank you, Richard. Of course, they're an international brand from Portugal. Hugo, just before the break, we were talking about... um, 
you know, the, the conceptualization of, of, of Sarkoe Blue. And, and one of the things that you, you mentioned just in that segment then was about, you know, people kind of stepping back a little bit from um, spending so much money on, on their fashion or on their wardrobe, so to speak. Um, and you're, I, I guess you're specifically aiming at a, a certain demographic with this uh, product. Let's talk a little bit about uh, marketing toward that group of that segment and, and how might it be different to the people that Sarkoil Group would traditionally market to? So it, we've been facing some some curious challenges. I think the, the Sarkoil Brothers uh, being a, a premium brand somewhere in the luxury segment. Yeah. Um, even though the, the 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 DNA of the brand uh, shares some some points with with Saku Blue, um, like you mentioned, it, it targets and positions itself in a in a different ballgame. Yeah. With Saku Blue um, and targeting targeting a new segment uh, and the new generation, uh, I think having a brand purpose uh, is 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 very important. Uh, we recognize the passion and, and the dedication of the new generations nowadays to, to environmental causes and all the polemics that you can find be, behind it. Mm. Um, we also know that it's a slow uh, uh, process of change. Uh, I think that what we are seeing now it's in one or two generations, it will become the norm and it's not a, a theme or a cause anymore. Mm. Um, so... When we created Sakur Blue, this was already in the genesis of the of the of the brand. So mm. I think the brand was already created with all these uh, principles. So it will be natural for everyone involved to to have the same uh, the same mindset. So I think we market the brand as it is. Uh, we are ho- honest with uh, we, with uh, with what we we promote with, with what we sell, and we act on these same values and. Uh, if you go to to one of our stores, uh, you you will see that uh, you will breathe this uh, this uh, these values, this uh, sustainability. The, the, mm, mm. Um, we don't promise to be to be to change the world, but we promise to to make some difference and and to act on it. And and, and to take a step in the the right direction in terms of yes. you know a, a big name fashion brand. Exactly. Now. You know, the group is recognized as a luxury brand, and rightly so. Uh, and, and this move with Sakur Blue, it, it's a bold one. Um, were there any discussions at any point that, you know, this could devalue uh, the Sakur Brothers brand? Yes, many, many, many discussions about, about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there are risks, of course, of damaging... Uh, Saku Brothers brand image when you launch a brand that comes to to a lower price point market, right? Um, but uh, I think it's a risk that we are willing to take. I think we we will we have different teams working the the different brands. We will continue to work on Saku Brothers as a as a premium uh, uh, brand to keep it by the standards that we used our customers to, and. Uh, if you work Sakura Blue under the same standards, I think we we, we will be fine. Um, and and again, being transparent and honest with the consumer, because we are talking about, uh, for instance, you can buy a shirt on Sakura Brothers uh, 
with a price tag of maybe 500 ringgits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Sakur Blue, uh, starting from 120 ringgits. So I think you need to manage the expectations on, on what you are buying. And, uh, yeah. uh, and I think you need to be happy and willing to pay uh, uh, for that product. And I think if we achieve that with Sakur Blue, the customer will, will perfectly know how to differentiate the, the, the two brands. Talk to me about, um, you know, you know, the the lineup that you've got, the, the fashion aspect of it. What what are you most excited about, Hugo? I'm most excited uh, <laughs> because the if you look at Sakur, I, I'm always bringing Sakur Brothers again to the discussion because it's <laughs> uh, it's a good uh, benchmark. Yeah, uh, it's seen as a more classic brand. Uh, even though casual is an important segment of, of the brand. Mm. Uh, but you are talking to different audiences. And, and for us, Sakur Blue, uh, we are targeting this brand to, to a younger generation. Mm. Uh, like you mentioned, it's much more uh, uh, bold. Yeah. Um, it's much more fresh in, in the way that uh, they challenge the, 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 the sense of fashion. And sometimes uh, it's not logic for us uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how they think and uh, right. yeah. how to how to, to you need to 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 be fast adapting to to these trends. Yeah. Um, on the other on the other hand, Richard, we are not uh, uh, a designer brand, mm. uh, so we need to balance these two aspects. Uh, we are Sakura Blue is a mass market brand. Mm. Uh, so we need to 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 be able to to be bold, to be trendy, but also to 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 be up to the demands of the daily life of the of the consumers, and mm-hmm. that's been a, a very good challenge. Now, one of the things that we we've seen from um, other you know luxury brands who have kind of um, you know given a second um, brand almost, mm-hmm. a lot of them kind of work on on collaborations with either artists or or something like that is, is there something in line with with the circle blue is that something that they might be considering moving further down the line uh, yes it, it's something that we have been doing with with the other brands uh, mm-hmm. since since we arrived we've been uh, supporting uh, many artists uh, in in malaysia locally um with sakur blue I think we will be uh, supporting uh, the younger generations, uh, creating something and 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 uh, something that can have impact in in, in the society. Mm-hmm. It's it, we we are finalizing the projects for 2023. I think it will much have to be with uh, entrepreneurship and creating this kind of mindset in the in the younger generations. Always with the with the DNA and this sustainability concepts uh, behind what we do, of course. Now I can't let you go without speaking to you, uh, of course, uh, about the uh, the Sarkor Group being the official fashion partner for the uh, Portugal national football team. Yes, um, that's all happening very soon. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that? Confident are we? Uh, I am. I am. Uh, we never with Portugal. We never know. <laughs> not, not. But no. I truly. We've been supporting the national team for for many years, and yeah. we 
we were also supporting Cristiano Ronaldo uh, directly yeah. uh, for some years as well. Uh, now within the national team, um, I mean we are in our stores. The the, the players' faces are, are are there. You can you can see it. Um, I truly believe that we have one of the strongest uh, teams in the tournament. A very mm. young uh, team. It's very balanced between young and, and experienced. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Well, fingers crossed, eh? Fingers crossed. Yes. I, I've got one one final question for you, uh, Hugo. Yes. Um, j- just before I let you go. The, now, fashion is, is obviously a big thing, and, and fast fashion is a big thing. Now, um, there are some people out there who say uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a problem because fast fashion is part of the issue with uh, the environment. And mm-hmm. there are people who talk about this idea of greenwashing, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And what's your comment to that? Uh, <laughs> I think in, in, in some, some, some point they, they are right. Greenwashing is definitely an issue mm. that most companies face when they start to promote their business through, through a green lens. I think to be truly green, it starts from the, in our case, from the, the from the point that the materials are sourced, the partners that produce the the product, uh, the supply chain uh, process, etc., uh, etc. Et and the bigger the business is, it's harder to to ensure that every step taken is is truly uh, green. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, I think it's it's uh, it's all about managing expectation, expectations and, and being honest with the, with ourselves and with whom we are talking to. Uh, in our case, we admit that uh, we are not 100% green. Uh, mm-hmm. Far from that, we are doing what we can to change. And season by season, I'm not going into details here, but our environmental footstep is decreasing. But again, it's a process that will yeah. take a few seasons. Uh, we already source for sustainable materials. We are already using recycled materials, uh, but we need to do more. And I think Sakur Blue comes in a way to, to, to reinforce this because we have a purpose and the purpose is to, to, to spread this message and to be an engine of change to many people. Uh, to adopt uh, a more sustainable lifestyle in in uh, in, in every sense. So mm. I think that's how we can make we can make a difference. Okay, thank you for your time today, Hugo. If, if people want to check out um, Sarko Blue's store, where where should they head to? Um, and at the moment, we have our flagship in the Pavilion Mall mm-hmm. in the center of KL, and you can also go to IOI City Mall. In, in Putrajaya. Lovely. And you can go online if you want to check sakublu.com. Uh, there's a catalog there available as well. Thank you very much today, Hugo. Thank you very much, Richard, for having us. I've been on the phone with Sako Group Chief's uh, Operation Officer, Hugo. Um, if you missed any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally download it from. I recommend the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Open for Business, my name is Rich Bradbury on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.